pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. space hello hello <laughs> hello are we being remixed i think it's going to be one of those shows hello oh. good evening and welcome to one life left on resonance 104.4 fm uh my name is steve curran and i'm Anne scantlebury we have no simon byron today and we apparently we apparently have a scratched cd yes yes so excited a little bit of an edge i like it when it's one of those shows Oh, it's flashing at me. <laughs> Ooh, it's paused on one second, 1.38 seconds to oh go. It's dear. still ticking down. Look at that. Oh, dear. There that we go. That doesn't look great, does it, Steve? Oh, this is exciting. How are you, Anne? I'm great. I'm really good. Um, I've had a... Oh, I've had a really good day today. Yeah, very... Um, we've got some you interesting... You to think about it, didn't you? Yeah, no. Um, we've got something really interesting coming up in the next couple of weeks, and I've been doing some admin Mm. And let me tell you, this admin is worth it. Usually I don't say that about admin, but um, <laughs> yeah, we're going to be able to announce something pretty cool in a couple of weeks. You know, <laughs> starting the show by saying something that we're not allowed to talk no, about. No, can't talk about can't it. can't talk about it yet, but it's really, really, really good. Exciting. What else have you been up to? Uh, I will probably talk about this a bit more later, but I went to the Parallel Worlds thing at the V&A on mm, Friday. Okay. Uh, it was a good time and uh, danced to chiptune music mm. in the V&A whilst drinking a bottle of wine. Okay. Uh, so, you know. Sounds, sounds all right. Uh, pretty good. I, I saw um, one of your friends uploaded something to Facebook today that didn't seem to make much sense. It was mm. scribbled notes on you yeah. and it said something about radio. Yeah. And then it said something that I couldn't really read because her handwriting was pretty terrible. Yeah. But it seemed to say, censor uh, radio with whistle. Is that what it said? No, this is when I did my performance art degree. Ah, yeah. okay. Bit performy, Steve. So you, you, you know, ten years ago, 
you were good at this. You've learned this skill and you've yeah. never had to use it on One Life Left. Never. Today might be the Today day. Today might be the day without Scratch CD. How are you, Steve? I am okay. I've had a bit of a busy day, a bit of a, bit of a trying week, but it's oh, good dear. to be back. It's sad that Simon isn't here again. It's all right. He'll be back soon. How many shows do we have left for the, for the year. year hang on let me uh let me just look little at the of, diary a little bit, little of, bit admin. of admin uh so we got the 5th the 12th and then is it the 19th is that is that wait is there not a thing anywhere pianos wi-fi passwords yeah i guess we'll be in on the 19th okay so let's say three three shows left and we are one life left i mean that's yeah that's numbers and things that are left <laughs> But it's not just us in the studio, Thank is it? Thank goodness. Scanters. Thank goodness. No, today we are joined by Stella Wisdom, who's flown in. Should we say fl- Yeah, flown in. Let's from, say flown in. From the British Library. Uh, did you fly in? No. That makes me sound like a pigeon. I got we do, and we do <laughs> catch pidgeys in this studio, so. Pigeon or jet setter. Yeah. Um, what brings you here, Stella? Um, well, I'm here because I run some game projects with the British Library. Um, I've been running the Off the Map competition, which some of your listeners might have heard about, which is a video game creation competition for students in the UK. Um, so I've come in to talk a bit about that. And also because it was recently International Gaming Day in libraries. And we had an event at the British Library, um, not that not last weekend, the weekend before, and we had a massive game showcase, so that was really cool. Interesting, so we'll be talking about that after. You ready, Anne? Good luck with this. (laughs) Anne's news. Seven oh four on Monday, the twenty eighth of November. I'm Anne Scantlebury, and this is the news. No Man's Sky has released a, its first patch, and it's a big one. The foundation update adds base building, freighting, freighters, farming options for creative and survival modes, and loads more. Following the update, Hello Games founder Sean Murray said on Twitter, "If you could have lived our lives over the last months, you'd know how meaningful this is." Oh, buddy, we know, we know. We do know. This was good to see. Welcome back, Hello Games. Yes. Sorry for everything. Yeah. Or sorry for everyone. But it isn't everyone, is it? No, it's not everyone. A lot of people still really are having a great time with No Man's Sky, really enjoying it, because it's a good big game. And this is sort of, I think, what everybody should have maybe been waiting for. It's, it's such a big game. And, you know, they... They've been um, they've been working on it and they've been working on it in silence uh, because everything they say is taken out of context by a small number of humans uh, on internet forums who like to get angry uh, and that's what people on the internet often do. That's and a then, pile on. And then those things are reported by journalists who also read those forums or like it when people get angry about things and then that uh, escalates into being actual news and uh, yeah. And it just gets so instead it. they've been doing the right thing, which is getting their heads down and addressing some of the problems that they've, well, I wouldn't like to be the person doing this job, but they've filtered from the people playing the game yeah. and perhaps the more reasonable people. Um, and, you know, the problems that they recognise exist within the game already. Have you played it? I yet? haven't played the patch yet. It only came okay. out, what was it, a couple of a couple of days ago? That's right. Well, I've seen, I've, I've not played it because guns, but I have seen uh, feedback 
to it and seems to really really positive it's definitely mm. definitely fixed some of the things that people wanted and added a lot you know there's a lot of content in there as well and they say they say this isn't the uh, this isn't the big one for them no. this is laying the foundation which is why L- they call I mean, it foundation. foundation did you see what they did with the quotes uh, on quote? the on the patch notes no what you did didn't they do? see what they no. did on the patch notes well, that's annoying. I sort of assumed you did, and then you'd be able to read it out to me. Nice uh, <laughs> tell, tell me what it said. Well, I can't, because I don't have it in front of me. I can what paraphrase. paraphrase? Um, so it said they've introduced a survival mode, yeah. which is very, very brutal, and you die all the time in survival mode. And when you die, it brings up a quote mm-hmm. um, uh, from, you know, a famous quote about death and life generally. And the quote they chose to um, put on... The in the patch notes and the screenshot was very uh, pointed, and um, it was you know it was slightly aimed at those internet people yeah. yelling. I yeah. think, um, which the internet people picked up on. Yeah, they why yelled some more. Why don't you look that up? And maybe we can read it at the end of the news. Maybe at the end of the show. <laughs> Pokemon Sun and Moon are Nintendo's biggest ever launch in the UK. The games sold more than any DS or Wii game and in one day sold more than Wii Fit did in its first week. And it's not just Pokemon that's been flying off the shelves. More PlayStation 4s were sold in the UK this week than at any time since its launch in 2013. That's mostly because all because of deals around Black Friday, which is different to Cyber Monday. Congratulations to consumerism. It's the most wonderful time of the year. What do they do on Sundays? It's rest, right? It wasn't though. Everyone it just was, puts their credit cards away and they was, go today. I think it was called like rest. Last Chance Sundays or really? something before so Cyber what was, Mondays. So it was Black Friday. What Saturday? Uh, just, <laughs> just spendy Saturday. Pick up, you know, mop up the blood Saturday. Uh, heal your broken bones Sunday, and then get on Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday. Uh, you a Pokemon player, Stella? I am. Are I you? Am. Which, which type of Pokemon? The yellow one. <laughs> are you? Are oh, you which a Pokemon or which two? Yeah, are you a Pokemon Go or are you a Pokemon Poke- Trad? Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go. Interesting. Okay, let's do our Pokemon Go chat. Where are you, Anne? All right. So I just leveled up to twenty-two. Okay. This week, and I did it because I mean, obviously, we're in Thanksgiving, and um, Niantic has given the gift of double XP uh, up until I think the thirtieth. Okay. So I just put an egg on. Right. Just put an egg on. Just put an egg on. Just put an egg and on. And evolved all my Pidgeys and leveled up to twenty-two, which is ridiculous. how are you feeling? Feeling pretty, pretty good. No, you're, you're 22. Oh, well, I don't know about you, Steve, but good. I'm feeling 22. Very good. I'm 21. I'm 17. That's okay. That's good. This is the perfect time right? to ace yeah. through those uh, levels. Caught a um, caught another Porygon today. That oh, was exciting. I saw uh, yeah. uh, And have you caught a Ditto yet? No. I caught a Ditto, yes. So this is another new one that they've uh, that's come out recently, um, and it's disguised as one of your... Common or garden pidgeys or your rattatas. So you catch your... one of them and it goes, oh. oh, oh, wait, we've got different interpretations because I thought it went, oh, and I think it goes, oh, you've changed yours. Yeah, your well, initial I... one was, oh, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, oh, whereas mine was, oh, oh, right, okay, yeah. Either way, it says OH, yeah. basically. And um, a question Gives mark. you a ditto. Um, Pokemon. Do you have to evolve it? No, it does it, does it for you. So Magically. it comes up with an O. Sorry, oh. I had to ask that question. Oh. oh. Uh, and then... Oh. <laughs> it's definitely not that O, is it? <laughs> it's definitely not that one. Uh, and, then it, and then 
reveals itself to be a ditto. You caught mm. it. Well done. Uh, Anne, yeah. is Pokemon New going to yeah. get you into Pokemon Trad? Do you have any any sort of urge to play the... Not at all. Really? Yeah, no, and it's weird, isn't it? But I think that's because I'm not... I don't do any fighting mm. in Pokemon Go. I don't do I don't. any gyms. I did it I did it as as with most things in life. I did it once when I was drunk and I decided never to do it again. <laughs> Didn't enjoy it, won't go back. Fair enough. Um yeah, I lost. Of of course I lost. Mm. Um and yeah, I just I don't do any of the fighting stuff, so I sort of don't see So the fighting it, in, in Pokemon Trad is very, very different. Uh, it's yeah. turn based and it's yeah. much more interesting. Uh but I I take your point. I mean I might I might give this one a go. Yeah. Um I did notice something interesting about it though the other day. Yeah. So I was writing a Marioki song. Did I say this last week? Uh give it like a go. Give done. it a go. Hmm. So I was writing a Marioki song and because of that I had to go on Metacritic. Did I talk oh, about Oh yeah, this? I think you did talk okay. about this. Don't don't repeat a Metacritic story, Steve. Steam has set up its own Game of the Year awards voted for by players. The Steam Awards has nine categories, which are the Test of Time Award, the I'm Not Crying, There's Something in My Eye Award, the Just Five More Minutes Award, the Whoa Dude Award, the Villain Most in Need of a Hug Award, the Game Within a Game Award, the I Thought This Game Was Cool Before It Won an Award Award, the Best Use of a Farm Animal Award, and the We Didn't Think of Everything Award, where the audience are asked to pick a category. Naturally, there's already been uh, this has already been used to tell Valve to make Half-Life 3 quite a lot hmm okay uh, we were just talking about awards before we uh, we came down here weren't yeah. we? we were talking Upstairs. to, to resonance you know, in our your... weekly pre-show meeting just uh, getting rid of any other business uh, what are your thoughts on there being more awards now well I think there's loads of awards already uh, in video games do you think there should just be one award I just saw some people on Facebook getting excited about next week I think it's the game awards and yes. we've had the Tiger Awards recently and there were BAFTAs and there's all kinds of every magazine has their own awards I speak as someone who's been on the jury of lots of these awards as well um, I don't know I don't know you know there's the GMAs we've won one of those we can speak from a position yeah. of privilege we've lost nine of them uh, and I think yeah I think awards are a bit rubbish. Yeah. Is that controversial to say? Um, do you not think they're a good way of rewarding people who've done well, who've put in a lot of hard work and effort? They're well, good for the people that win, but maybe not good for the people that <laughs> you lose? You know what? I would think that was true if uh, rewards, if awards actually had rewards. But yeah. mostly it's a bit like the whole uh, for exposure Thing on the internet which can be super super useful if it is the right award and you're a game desperately looking to to uh to you know poke your head above the parapet but so it's always nice for someone to have looked at at least one other game and gone yours is better yeah i tell you i've been on some award juries where we definitely haven't done that where <laughs> where it's been all right uh, best sound mm, what had sound Halo had sound in there. It was pretty good. All right, Bosch. Uh, so, yeah, and I've been on some awards which are really, really, you know, uh, really, there's this process, right? Thought yeah. through process and, and you know, double check this and, and blah, blah, blah. 
But ultimately, you are averaging out opinions on subjective media. And certainly what I think is the best game of the year shouldn't be what you think is the best game of the year or you think is the best game of the year. Um, And what you tend to do by averaging out all of those opinions is arrive at something which isn't necessarily the best game of the year. It's just a game that everyone thinks. The average game of the year. Yeah, which is not super interesting to me. I'd far more, you know, I'm far more interested in personal sort of best of lists than I am a sort of award, especially one that the public have voted for because we know what we think about democracy in 2016. (laughs) Uh, Stella, do you think that the British Library will set up their own game awards? No. No, okay. Especially not after that. No. No. (laughs) How could you? What do you think about awards, Stella? Um, I think awards are a good thing. There we go. Yeah. Point, counterpoint. Here we go. Yeah, no, I think I think they are, especially for kind of, like you say, it's showcasing people's talents mm-hmm. and making people aware of what they've done, especially kind of outside of, of scenes. So I'm thinking, am I allowed to talk about my off-the-map competition? Of course you can talk yeah. about anything. Okay. So I, I suppose with my off-the-map competition, it's making people who are maybe not part, not not traditional games players, people who are perhaps more interested in libraries and cultural heritage, and that's making them aware of games and especially kind of the talent that we've got in in our kind of universities here of of kind of young people making games. There's definitely a a PR angle around everything and everything you get to say, oh, this thing happened, you know, and that draws people's attention to that thing generally. That's, That's a good thing. I do wonder, you know, maybe it's just our experience of... uh, Almost always being the bridesmaid. Yeah, just jaded. It's good for the winners. A good bundle, a charity games bundle, may literally be the bargain of the century. For only $20 or about £16, you can get 151 games. You heard me right, 151. The bundle includes Gone Home, Proteus and Panoramical and 147 more games. 100% of the proceeds will go to charity with the funds being split 50-50 between ACLU, American Civil Liberties Union and Planned Parenthood. The bundle is available through itch.io until 8pm on the 29th, so snap them up quick. That is excellent, isn't it? I've seen so good. quite a few people trying to respond to the events of the last couple of months in positive ways. Uh, and it's really, really nice to see some brilliant creators donating, effectively donating their work, you know, to draw attention to some of the things that are under threat these days. Mm. What else is in the bundle? Do we know? Or a 147 <laughs> other games. Do you want to speculate? I mean, it could be anything, really. Could be anything. Although it? I think, so you can also buy smaller bundles and um, it's sort of having a quick look. Those seem like the more, uh, the more well, the better known ones. Um, but it's not, game bundles are always such a good way of finding uh, new games, smaller games. Uh, and you can get smaller versions of the bundles. I just, <laughs> I've just, I just put a good bundle into, uh, into Chrome and you know what the autocomplete was? What? It offered me good bundles of hair. Hair? <laughs> I'd have gone with yeah. hay, but no, good bundles sure. Of, good bundles of hair. It's doing it now. Don't. The top hit is queenhairbundles.com. There you go. Good that. bundle. It's called Good Bundle. A Good Bundle. A, oh, maybe. Hold on. Yeah, try A Good Bundle, and it's on itch. So... So, <laughs> so here we are. Still getting more hair? Uh, no, no, no. I found it. Okay. Good bundle. It's got a lot in it. Gone, gone home. Catacomb kids. Proteus. Mm-hmm. The novelist. Killing time at light speed. North is in there. I really like North. Fjords. Depression quest. Uh, the old man club. Don't know what that is. Uh, there's loads and loads and loads of good things. 
Let's... Ooh, read only memories. That's excellent. Good Snowman is hard to build. One of my favourite games of last year. That's excellent as well. Uh, definitely, definitely get this. I guess. Well, it's it's less money than you would pay for most of those games. Anyway. How much is it? Twenty dollars. Sixteen pounds. Nothing. Sixteen pounds. And finally, Outlast 2 developer Red Barrels has launched a Kickstarter for companion diapers for its forthcoming horror game because they anticipate that the game will be so scary you will lose control of your bowels. The real product is yours for about £33, but that includes a Steam copy of the game. Red Barrels has said, In partnership with local designers, we developed a diaper prototype that combines practicality, comfort and style so gamers can experience abject terror without worrying about dirtying their egos or their couches. 2016. It's a low point, isn't it? For the news yeah. <laughs> and for video games generally. Yeah. PR stunts, I yeah, suppose. Of course. Uh, of course. Yeah, I know. It's a good job we're. Good, good job. job we didn't fall for it no. or anything, right? No, well, uh, sometimes I enjoy them. Yeah, good. Yeah, a good PR stunt. What did you enjoy about this PR stunt? Well, that they are actually going to be making them. Um, and so, the, so it's a Kickstarter that's got nothing to do with the game because the game uh, is, you know, already funded because they sold loads of their loads of Outlast because Outlast is actually a very good game we played it and it was scary did we oh is that that one yeah that, that one got those gifs of yeah. you reacting to yeah. it yeah that it was is, scary so it is really scary um, and yeah it's just just quite funny thinking just about. a bit of fun just a bit of fun isn't it it's hard work this Diapers. week wasn't it the news you said yeah it wasn't why do you think that is getting towards the end of the year so it's just getting to sales chat really sales chat and everyone will have released what they want to release big games coming out and they're yeah. sort of like flattening all of the smaller games and yeah. yeah so you're left with these sort of these little um PR stunts yeah yeah I just banged the desk didn't you I you did and what did I say no banging no banging no swearing thanks Anne
listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are a video game radio show, and so far the CD player is just about holding up. Uh, this is Interruptune. It's by Burry Leak. It's from chipmusic.org, which is a brilliant, brilliant website. Go there. <laughs> you didn't bring that down, did you, Steve? I can't tell what happened there. <laughs> Whether it, we reached the end of the song or... Uh, I think that was uh, just know. the end of the subject. I, I timed it very Go well. there. Done. Okay. Excellent. Well, it's good. It's good timing. Good. It's very good timing. Stella, hi. Hi. Um, what brings you to One Life Left? Um, it's my friend Robert. <laughs> that's a who. Yes. That's, that's a who. Okay, um, you were bullied to come on the radio show, but why did Robert think you would be a good fit for us? Because he's aware of the work that I do at the British Library, mm. um, which kind of started off probably about three, four years ago by accident, really. Um, I, I went to a conference about digital preservation and I met a couple of people there who were interested in video game preservation. Um, they asked me if the British Library could Let's games, which we don't. Um, but it, it got me thinking and thinking, well, okay, we don't collect games, but are there other things that the British Library could do? And and basically I got talking to Ian Simons, who runs the National Video Game Arcade in Nottingham. Um, that was when he was he was running Game City Festival and he was saying, well, why don't we run a competition together? Um, and, and that's really kind of how the off-the-map competition was born, um, looking at how the British Library's collections could be used to inspire the creation of new games. Brilliant. So tell us about... Uh, the competition. So we ran it first of all in in um, 2013 was the first winner. And um, what what we do? I work with my colleagues in the library. We pick um, items from the collections that are digitised. Um, these could be historic collections or they could be more modern. And we pick some themes normally linked to an exhibition. Um, so this most recent competition has been about Shakespeare. Um, it has been 400 years since Shakespeare's death in 2016. We've had a big Shakespeare exhibition. So what we did is we digitised um, illustrations of Shakespeare plays. Um, we digitised also maps. Obviously, it's called Off the Map. Um, one of our sub-themes was The Tempest. And in Shakespeare's time, there'd been a big shipwreck off the Isle of Bermuda. And we've got these amazing um, early 17th century maps of Bermuda. And in Shakespeare's time, they thought that devils basically wrecked the ships. Um, and so I thought, obviously, that would be kind of a fun thing to, to kind of give to game designers. Sure. So uh, the aim of the, the competition is to recreate these environments? Can be. We give quite an open brief, actually. Okay. It's to create either a game or an interactive, a digital interactive experience or um, some interactive fiction um, using or inspired by the items um, and the themes. Um, what we're looking for is kind of almost kind of like a good interpretation of of the kind of we call it an asset pack so the digitized content we've given them so if someone goes completely off brief and makes something completely different then um that's not what we're looking for and they tend to not either be disqualified or or kind of not do very well it's it's kind of it's kind of using using what we've given but turning it into something completely new and magical so uh so this is a competition for students is that right yes. how do they get involved um Basically, they go to the Game City website. Mm -hmm. um, so we've, we've, like I say, we've had the Shakespeare competition this year, and um, we'll soon be launching the next competition for 2017. Um, I can, I can mention what the theme is if you want. Oh, to. We would love to know yeah. what the theme is. Yeah. yeah. Wait, is this an exclusive? Um, not 
quite I think, that's is enough. it a radio exclusive it's definitely radio. A, yeah. it's definitely a radio <laughs> exclusive um so it's on the theme of victorian popular entertainment so um we've got an exhibition on at the moment and in fact what i want to do is encourage students to actually come into the british library and see the exhibition um we've got lots about music hall illusionists um houdini um all of that kind of thing and so really what we're trying to do is inspire the um, students to make some games um based around this theme so what happens to the games when they're done it's up to the students so we don't we don't steal the ip uh-huh. um so if the student wants if the students want to sell their game they could sell the game or they could make them freely available online we've had student teams who have done that and again that's kind of brought more awareness to their game um yeah really it's it's up to the students um what we have had, I'm, I'm thinking with one of the games, um, so the UK government department was showcasing creative industries abroad and they took it as part of a showcase to Beijing in China. Wow. Um, so that's kind of a big deal. <laughs> that yeah, really, yeah. really is. Yeah. And what kind of games have the students made? Like, what have they done with the assets you've given them? We've had all sorts of things. So we've had everything. So in 2014, the theme was Gothic, and we had a game made that you played in the Oculus Rift. Mm. And the content that we'd given, we'd given illustrations of a building that doesn't exist anymore. Um, so Font Hill Abbey was this ridiculous building um, that fell down twice, and author William Beckford lived there. And it had this absolutely huge tower that defied the laws of physics um, there's not even a ruin there this was like a ridiculous building but we've got we've got these great illustrations so the students built a game where you're kind of swimming around in a pond murky with pondweed and fish and and quite dark and spooky but you chase these glowing orbs and you rebuild font hill abbey and you do it you do it well like you say in in, in the oculus rift and when you've actually built font hill abbey it looks like it does in the illustrations we gave to them wow um so yeah that was that was really good you can't actually go to font hill doesn't exist anymore but in this game you can rebuild it and you can walk around it that's really cool and that was um, students from university of south wales who, that's who did great that. and how many students do you get uh, involved um that's a good question. Um, so, so we so we don't allow teams to be larger than six members, yeah. and not everyone who takes part actually submits a finished game. Uh, okay. So that's a little bit of a difficult, <laughs> a difficult. Hard what, to know. Yeah. Um, how many do you tend to judge at the end of it, though? We no- we normally have kind of we normally have kind of about 12 to 15 finished complete games um but they are complete a lot of yeah. work has gone into them um so sometimes that seems like quite a small amount right. but but when you actually kind of look at look at the time and work that have gone into these it's it's quite impressive yeah it's very impressive so, so um, tell us about the Word Wordplay Festival. So Wordplay c- kind of came a bit out of this. So Wordplay promotes interactive fiction. Um, they're normally held in Toronto in Canada. Um, so, so, so Jim Monroe, who, who runs the Wordplay Festivals in a public library in Canada, um, got in touch with um, Joe Summers, who runs Now Play This. Um, and Joe got in touch with me at the British Library saying, hey, we'd like to run Wordplay at the British Library. Um, I said that would be really cool. Um, International Games in Libraries Day is coming up. Why don't we have the Wordplay Festival for that? And it was a really, really good fit for the British Library because Wordplay promotes um, text adventures, interactive fiction, and 
as I mentioned, we don't collect games, but we are looking at how we can collect interactive fiction at the library. So it was a sneaky way for me to involve some of my colleagues. And what I'm hoping to do is actually archive some of the games that we showcased as part of the Wordplay event at the library. That's interesting. How do you go about uh, archiving interactive fiction? Well, I don't know yet. <laughs> so, so, so that's why it would be that's why it would be a kind of almost like pilot study mm-hmm. to look at doing doing this. Um, we have the UK web archive at the British Library, so so we do archive websites. So I would imagine for some types uh, of, of game, especially maybe potentially twine games, we might be able to use some of the web crawling technology that we use for, for archive in the web. Um, but for other types of games, then we're going to have to look at um, different methods. So, yeah. Have you ever considered making a game yourself? I've sort of started doing a twine game. Mm-hmm about Whitby Goth Weekend. Okay. Because I'm, I'm quite interested in twine games and I had a writer in residence um, who uses twine a lot and he's sometimes given workshops at the British Library showing people how to use twine. Um, I'm quite interested in kind of almost like gossip and I've got so many funny anecdotes. Um, I'm a bit of a secret goth and I've gone to Whitby Goth Weekend many times over the years and I'm thinking, yeah, this could make a quite amusing gossipy <laughs> twine game. Are you finding twine easy to use? Absolutely. And and I'm, I'm finding twine can be used. It's made me think almost like not to make a game, but you could use twine to almost like storyboard, making short videos or other things. So I, I don't know whether that's like a good thing or a bad thing, um, but no, I'm finding twine e- easy to use and it's got me thinking how you could maybe deviate and use it for different things. <laughs> so where can people find out more about uh, Off The Map? If they, if they go to um, gamecity.org, um, there will still be information about the Shakespeare Off The Map there at the moment. Um, but I am working my socks off um, getting the content ready for the 2017 competition. They could also go to the British Library's Digital Scholarship blog. Um, so blogs.bl.uk um, and then you get the list. At, I think it's then slash digital scholarship. Um, but if you go into blogs.bl.uk, UK, the list of British Library blogs come up, comes up and that's where I kind of um, post about wordplay, post about off the map um, and kind of information gets put there first. Brilliant, thanks. left on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is the part in the show where you'd normally hear the voice of Sega Badawi, uh, One Life Left's 
local news expert, local newsreader, uh, but he's still ill. Oh, get well, Sega. It's no good at all, is it? Uh, I hope you get well soon. Yeah. In the meantime, why not entertain yourself from your sick bed uh, by listening to the letters? Again, brilliant, brilliant letters this week, So many letters this week. Thank you. So good. Um, In fact, so good it's actually made our job quite hard because we have to scroll back a long way through our emails to find... But no, but don't let that stop you. Don't. Please continue. Please. Please please do what you do. Do your thing. (laughs) What? Yeah. What? Good. Yeah. No, Good. What? People should do their things. Well, they are, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Good. good. And keep keep going. Anyway, I'm going to start with uh, Dear Team and SSG. With the swell of Black Friday and Cyber Monday deal deals all over the place these days, seriously, I've had about 100 emails in the last few days going on about it. I did actually manage to stumble across a little gem. Turns out that one of the shops where I live started selling Final Fantasy 15 early. And with a Black Week discount, so I've managed to spend the weekend having a go at that and avoiding being out in the cold too much, all while saving 20%. Have you ever scored a great video game find in a shop or online? Thanks, and is it too early to say Happy Christmas? Surely not. Love it's not pieces. Happy Christmas. Chris I, said it to, I said it to Louis Schaefer as we <laughs> switched over. I said Happy Christmas. I thought you said Happy Thanksgiving. No, he said Happy Christmas back to me. Maybe yeah. he said Happy Thanksgiving. No, he yeah. I don't know. Anyway, you've already revealed the bargain of the century, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I have. $20. Twenty dollars. Twenty dollars for a good bundle. Um, thanks, Chris. Okay, so this was an interesting message we received, wasn't it, Anne? What? Yeah. Which one was it? The one we received from One Life Left. Imagine updates. Imagine so. Those of you who are regular listeners to One Life Left, yeah. the radio show, uh, will know that uh, last last week we got a tip off from our man in North London, Jimmy, from the loading bar, to let us know that there had there was a um, that someone had been in touch with him to say they were opening a bar, opening a cafe yeah. called uh, One Life Left in Norwich. And did he have any advice? <laughs> basically. Wow. Anyway, uh, Jimmy let us know about that. And oh, you had a meeting, didn't you, with our with lawyer? Our lawyer yeah. One of our lawyers. One of our lawyers. We've got three. Yeah. We're not short of lawyers, mate. Simon's not here, so no, I have to be. You, I know you have to do yeah, it. Right. Okay. Uh, anyway, we got we got a letter we from one life left, which really confused me I when know, I opened up my inbox. You no, know, I didn't get it for a little bit. I was I, like, what's yeah. going on here? Is Simon having a laugh? Turns out he's not. Hi guys. John from One Life Left Games Limited here. Good. I mean, he's set out that we're different entities. He has set that out. Initially, I thought it was a bit aggressive that he's saying, I'm a company, but we're a company. (laughs) We're a company. We're limited. We can all be limited. We are very limited. Limited. (laughs) I suppose the first thing I should say is thank you for mentioning my business on your show. We won't stop mentioning it. (laughs) We've been mentioning One Life Left for (laughs) 10 years, mate. (laughs) However, the reason you mentioned me is understandable, so thought it best to get in touch. When incorporating my business in May 2016, I was unaware of the existence of your business. Do you know what? That's actually not that far after we did ours, so thank goodness we got in there just in time. <laughs> very, very fortunate, isn't it? However, prior art for 10, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. 10 years. Please, be, please may I be clear in that I am no way attempting to trade off an established brand name such as yours. 
established brand name. Good. The similar name is simply a coincidence. It is, in fact, based on the title of a book I wrote under the same name in 2015. St- I mean, dude, we've been trying like 10 years. 10 years. Getting two in a row. Anyway. In addition, if it was deemed to cause any loss of trade or exposure, I would be more than happy to make changes and amendments to avoid confusion in the future. As I only have one lawyer and you have three, that might be for the best. It is true. Having now become familiar with your broadcasts and podcasts, I would love for us to be friends rather than mortal enemies, and I'd happily invite you down to the cafe for some freebie drinks and a slice of gaming once we're open next year. Hope we can keep in touch for the future. All the best, John. Well. Well. We have to talk this over with our lawyers no, first, No, I already John. did. Oh, right. I already did. It's fine. But it sounds fine and we'd like to be friends. No, but Steve, you've got to take it down. Do the friendly voice. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, that sounds lovely. We'd yeah. love to go to Norwich. So um, that was lovely. a very nice email. It was a to really get. nice email. Thank, Thank you, John. And thanks, we would like John. to be the best of friends. Twins. The same person. So, <laughs> so let's do that. Okay, next letter. Yes. Is that me? Yes. Yes. Do I say who it's from? Do say who it's from. So this is actually from Robert Wells, who is oh. is my friend. Yeah. I didn't know this that this would be from him, well. so you've surprised me. <laughs> it says, Ahoy team, Ahoy SSG. This week I've been reading reviews of Res Infinite and remembering that Res is, in my mind, the game that got away. I threw a lot of hours at that game, but could never defeat the final boss. I just wasn't good enough. But I most like playing it on relaxation mode, the deathless deathless flyby that you unlocked after beating a level, which meant that I didn't get much practice at the final level because I couldn't beat it. And I couldn't beat it because I didn't get much practice at it. Hmm... I'd love to play it in VR, which people say is easier, but I think that buying that rig might might be a lot of money to scratch an old itch. What are your games that got away? What have you meant to go back to and what and finish? Pip pip, Robert. I um I, I know that this is the point, but I find Dark Souls really difficult. To the point that I I don't find it any fun uh, at all. And I get that that's the point, but I don't enjoy it. So, although, you know, everyone says it's brilliant and I'm missing out on not playing that game, I really, really should play it. I mean, I, currently, you know, as you've all heard forever by now or for a year, I'm not playing games involving guns, and that means I've missed out on an awful lot in the last year, not least No Man's Sky, but I'm looking forward to getting on all of those next year. Um, I, it doesn't feel like the game that got away, because it's, it's not been that long since I was playing it, but I didn't get around to finishing Inside. Mm. Do you know, I, we chatted about it quite a lot and then you went, oh, I finished it. And I was like, oh, well, I guess it finishes then. It I guess does, there is an end. Does If you push right for long enough, yeah. it finishes. Um, yes, uh, but I do want to finish that one. And it's just, uh, yeah. do you know what? It's because it's on a different computer than the one I normally use. <laughs> so it's just a bit of a faff. Okay, one more letter. Uh, this is from Adam. Uh, dear team and super special guests, question for possible discussion. Should all games come with a cheat mode, he says, related to that last point, I suppose. Mm. Now, obviously, this, this wouldn't work on games that operate on the crack addict model of multiple regular payments. I'm talking about games with a one-off fee. If I paid for a game, shouldn't I be able to see, hear, and experience all of it, regardless of my skill level or amount of spare time? The cheat mode wouldn't have to be available immediately. It could unlock after, say, six months, preventing early cheaters from spoiling those playing through fairly. What do you guys and gals think? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm not great. I'm not great. But I like to play things. And I'm not great. Stella? What do you think? Sorry, I was... Do you think the game should have a cheat mode? Ooh, yes. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes, I actually think they do, especially for kind of newbies and incompetents like me. Um, but, you, but so should they have a cheat mode or should they just have an easier, an easy mode? <laughs> but sometimes even the easiest isn't easy yeah. enough for some people. Yeah. I have a considered opinion on this. Would All you right, like to Steve, know what yeah, it is? Yeah, go on then. All right, so I think games are missing one piece of information, and this speaks specific- specifically to and about inside. Mm. I want to know when I start a game how long it is going to take yeah. me until I see the end of that game. And I don't mean until I stop playing, but until I've seen the content, the ending part that the player or the designer, sorry, wants me to see. So in Inside, it might say on the back of the box, this will, on average, take someone about four hours, right? Yeah. And if I am doing badly, maybe there's an option to then turn on super, super easy mode so I can just wander through and see the end. I hate going into any experience, and this is only really video games and media, and not knowing when it's going to end. I can't tell at the moment whether narrative is going to take me an hour or a minute or 20 hours or 40 hours, and it is a huge barrier to many people enjoying things and to many more people from experiencing things and sitting down and playing them inside got me badly like that i thought that that was going to be i mean i should have been burnt you know by limbo i suppose but i thought that was going to be maybe two hours ended up taking about four hours and i actually gave up three three hours 55 minutes into it i mean three hours 59 minutes the next time i loaded up the next day i pushed right and completed that game and that should not happen that broke that experience for me um and there's no need for it there is a need for it the need for it is a protective attitude on the on um on the part of developers and publishers who don't want to frighten people off so they don't tell you that a game is only in air quotes four hours long because they don't want to scare off the people who want 40 hours of gameplay those people are idiots anyway or at very least teenagers and you shouldn't be frightened of saying this game lasts this long it finishes but it's worth it i mean i'm saying that in an idealist world there is something wrong, and if you look at the Steam reviews of every game under two hours, you'll see what it is, which is that people just refund it and say it's garbage, it's not worth it, I'm going to spend my money on Fallout. But unfortunately, the only way we move on is to move past that, and well, past those people, we, I think. We've talked about it loads on the show, and people, like, a lot of people do prefer shorter games, get them done, get all the action packed into it, so... Yeah. I don't know if that's cheat modes, though. <laughs> I think you just had a rant about I did. about something you want. I, I sort of did. Well, Inside got me thinking about it, and I think it, it sort of fits with cheat modes. I think that, you know, we are too protective of um, difficulty curves, which are important. They are super important to ease people into games and to entertain some people. But letting other people see, um, you know, the ends, particularly of narrative games, uh, is putting more people off than... Um, difficulty is dragging in at this point i think okay mm. yeah. yeah all right i all agree right. and breathe
this is uh, IHC um, by Clipheads from chipmusic.org. Earlier in the show, you heard uh, Cassie and Blip. I didn't mean teenagers are bad. I just meant they've got loads of time. It did sound like you. I, I know. I don't mean that at all. Some teenagers, some teenagers are excellent. Some well, teenagers are brilliant. Maybe teenagers don't have as much money as they want hours. Yep. For their money. Yep, they maybe do. That's, maybe that's I it. certainly I did. Know. But we are still designing games for these people with infinite time and who think they have infinite lifespans. And it's just not true. It's just not true. I maintain Inside would have been better at half the length and Limbo would have been better at a third of the length. And that's all I have to say about that. It's not, but we have to move on. We have to move on. can't talk about this all day, Steve. All right, is it time for reviews? I think it is. Ah, Hold on, hold on, hold on. The CD players have been working, I think. Here we go. Smooth. So smooth. Smooth. If only you hadn't flagged it. Still got the magic. All right, what have you been playing this week, Scanters? So I... Just to look up the name. Uh, I've been playing quite a few bits. Uh, so I was playing more of what was uh, Ski Three from our guest last week. Very right. good. Played it on the show. Played Cape it Guy again after. Um, yep, yeah, really good. Really enjoyed it. Everything he said it is and more. It's not. It's everything he said it is. Okay. Uh, seven out of ten. Uh, been playing more Pokemon Go. Obviously, seven out of ten. Been playing. Uh, oh, I played quite a lot more of the um, Letter Quest remastered uh, that I reviewed the other week because it's still brilliant. Still loads, and I'm doing loads of words on it. Words. Well, what's this? Was it's, I here? It's the one on yeah PS4. What? It's like, it's like uh, where you spell out words to defeat monsters. I've no idea. It's like Scrabble. But I think I must have switched off. Yeah, you probably Is it in did. the podcast? Yes. I'll listen. Do listen back. Anyway, it's a great game uh, on PS4. What did you give it? 7 out of 10. Okay. Continue to give it that. Uh, but the game that I am reviewing is The Deadly Tower of Monsters, which is on PlayStation 4. Oh. Oh. Have you played it? No, you no. couldn't have done because no. it's got guns in it. Um, <laughs> spoilers. Uh, so, the style of this is really funny. At first, it grated on me a bit and I didn't quite... Oh, I was just a bit like, no, what's going on? So, it starts off uh, with DVD commentary from the director of the film uh, and it's a sort of he's talking about this 70s uh, 70s-ish like uh, sci-fi film um, and so he's giving this DVD commentary of it over the top of it but obviously the thing that he's commentating on is you playing the hero in this film mm-hmm. um, and you go around and you shoot aliens and monsters and then uh you smash some things up and there's funny things happen and he comments on why or you can see the string on those monsters because that's all we could afford and you know it's it's funny and it has a lot of um has a lot of detail in it um it's got some good humor which i eventually did get into after it grated on me a little at first um you get to play as one of two heroes um and then you you start going up the tower the deadly tower of monsters and killing all of them like it's it's a monster killing game but okay. with quite an interest uh, quite a funny um and playful and humorous um setting for it so yeah very enjoyable um and i would give it seven out of ten fabulous stella 
for me, I've picked 80 Days by Inkle. Ah. Oh. I don't know whether that's been reviewed on the show Well, before. we had the man who ported it to PC last week. <laughs> He was he yeah. he was a cape yeah. guy. You'll know him. He wears a cape everywhere. Yeah, if I you think. See, see a guy in a cape, it's probably it's him. probably him. Anyway, Excellent. he ported that game to PC, uh, and uh, Anne's just given his game seven out of ten. So let's see what yeah. happens. Yeah. So we've yeah. had Inkle on the show as well. I'm a big twice. Yeah, three, uh, loads. They're times. great. They're yeah. all right. They're all right. I was just going to say, I'm, I'm quite a big fan because, again, in the library, um, where some of my colleagues, librarian colleagues who might not know much about games, when I'm talking about interactive fiction, quite often I show them 80 days, um, show them how it can be and, set and say, look, you really should try something like this. Just love the artwork. I love the kind of really kind of like art deco kind of beautiful illustrations in it. And I, th- I find it just fun. And again, I have it on my phone. So if I'm out and about... Um, a bit, I suppose a bit like Pokemon Go, really. Mm. I like kind of games that I can play whilst I'm kind of on the hoof around London. Yeah. Um, I actually, uh, so at Parallel Worlds, Meg, who wrote the game, yeah. uh, was there and she did an amazing talk. It was so great. And it was about uh, it was about how you represent people and uh, cultures and things. And yeah, it was incredible. If she ever does that talk again i would absolutely recommend hearing her speak about it because it's yeah super interesting and she's so smart and it was all so spot on so yeah I'm, are we reviewing humans now? yeah we are actually seven on? out of ten okay yeah, i give meg seven out of ten I've, <laughs> yeah. I've seen her speak at, at the south bank center yeah. as part of their literature festival and having a games writer speaking at a literature festival yeah that shows how far things have moved on yeah uh we've spoken at stoke newington literature festival awesome. all the time all I mean, the time, twice, three times, twice. Twi- twi- I can't I remember. All the time, yeah. Parco's done it as well. Yeah. Parco. Yeah. Uh, good. What score are you going to give it? I'm going to give it seven out of ten. That's Seems fair enough. Fair enough. Right. What have you been playing? Well. Yeah. I almost hit the desk again. It's because yeah, Simon's really not here. Stop. Simon's not here. Yeah. I've been playing loads of video games, but the one. Well, I've been playing. I played 140, which is a platform game about music, uh, which has been out for ages. Really, really enjoyed it. Seven out of ten. Played um, a game called RYB, which builds itself as a cross between I've forgotten and I've forgotten. Uh, it was a cross between something and something. Two puzzle games like Minesweeper versus colory something it's really really stylish but i just didn't enjoy it quite as much as i thought i should have done um i think it's builds itself as designed by an american puzzle mastermind or something seven out of ten uh played a bit of cannibal for the first time in ages seven out of ten uh played bird skip ball brilliant brilliant multiplayer game very very simple again bird skip ball okay really really fun minimalist multiplayer game loads and loads of fun and talking at seven out of ten talking of which i also played overcooked for the first time what a great party game that is really 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 simple Mm. idea you wish you wonder why no one had thought about it before seven out of ten i played vector which is a platform game where you are a man who does parkour but the problem as with all games where you play someone who does parkour is you feel like a person who does parkour i.e a bit of an idiot seven out of ten i played uh, photonica which is another running and jumping game and i absolutely love it's fabulous it's my favorite game of recent times and it's currently 98p on steam and it's um bargain definitely a solid seven out of ten played hustle cat which i think you would like a lot okay. it's a visual novel set in a cat cafe seven out of ten i've got it i've got it 
Okay. I think I played it, but it broke on my phone. Really? Yeah. Interesting. That's why I only gave it 7 out of 10. Uh, Estiman. Uh, it's a game where you estimate things. You see stuff... Is, what? Is that <laughs> says it's got estimation-based gameplay, and it's not lying. It really does. You see some shapes on screen, and you're like, ooh, there's more of that shape. I'll click on that one. 7 out of 10. Wow. Um, I played a game called Glass Masquerade, which is a um, jigsaw game where you're putting together beautiful I can't remember what it's called kind of like stained glass from around mm. the world it's not exactly complicated but it did it did trap me for a while 3.8 hours apparently wow according to my Steam um, my Steam library uh, completed it though 7 out of 10 but the game I actually want to review this oh, week I'm glad we finally got it Thanks. The game I actually want to review is another game I've completed. Yeah? And that game is Braid. What? I know, right? So I played Braid when it first came out, uh, which is, I think, 2008, so just under 10 years ago. And I played it for a bit, and then I got stuck, and I thought, this is very, very clever, but I'm a bit stuck and a bit frustrated. I'll come back to you at some point. Last week was that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was um, teaching at the university and we were teaching 2D game design, which involves teaching about platforms and stuff. And I was showing them different types of platform and I showed them Braid. And I thought, maybe this is the week. And it was the week. Went back to Braid. It is a brilliantly clever platform. At the time, people complained a lot about the story. I still think it is not um, as poorly written as a lot of people said. I enjoy uh, Jonathan's... Uh, world and what he's trying to do with that text. I understand how some people find it a little bit hard going. More than that, I enjoy the puzzles and the clever way every world does something different with time and the way that hooks into the story as well. I think it's a game where the gameplay speaks to the story and all good video game, all good narrative video games do that, I think. It doesn't treat the narrative as something separate to the uh, game, but develops them both in tandem. And that's what he did. It was also really, really interesting going back to play that after I've played and completed The Witness. You see a lot of the ideas uh, coming up, a lot of the way he constructs video games, uh, similar in both, 7 out of 10. I really enjoyed it. It was really, really fun going back to that. And yeah. also something interesting, as the person, a person who started that game in week one, possibly even before, I think I might have got a press copy of it, um, in 2008, and finished it in 2016, that presumably qualifies me as a speedrun record holder for Braid. What is the longest? No one will have done that game in a longer time no. than me. Which is pretty exciting, well right? Done, Steve. You should win an award for it. I should do, <laughs> finally. All right, let's have a bit of music and then uh, then we will close the show. This is Toaster Pastries.
This is One Life Left. We're a video game radio show. We sound like it. <laughs> On Resonance 104.4 FM, we just reviewed Braid, which is a 10-year-old game. But it is really good. It's really, Wait, really, it's really good. Wait, it's 10 years old. So when well, did you start started. playing it? No, I mean, it's slightly less than 10 years. It's 8 years. All right, so you haven't been playing it since we started the show? No. Okay, I mean, that's I fine. Probably, you probably could go back to season two or three yeah. of this and find a review of it back well, then, I, couldn't I guess. I could do it. <laughs> I, I had to give it. up. Yeah, I had to give up. Seven out of ten. Anyway, uh, it's been a good show. Has I been think. a good show. Thank you for coming in, yeah, Stella. Thank you, Stella. You, you, you oh, to... sorry, I didn't have your mic up. It's not been that good a show. No, I mean there, there's been some ups and downs. One of those shows. <laughs> One of those shows, but it's 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 got better, I think. Yeah. Apart from that bit. Yeah. So. Anyway, thank you, Stella. <laughs> thank, thank you, Stella. Uh, where can people follow you on the internet? Ooh, they can follow me on Twitter. Um, I'm Miss underscore Wisdom, um, or they can follow BL Digi Skull. Good. Good. On Twitter. Good. Uh, That's the thing. We recommend you do yeah, that. Do, it. do that, everyone. Well, hashtag your, BL Digital. Your number of followers could go up by, by as many as two. two. <laughs> well, so no. I was going with one, but let's be okay. optimistic. Let's yeah. do it. Um, and any other business this week? AOB. AOB. Uh, don't forget, Christmas party tickets are on sale right now, and they are selling like hotcakes we that are... aren't selling like. I mean, they haven't sold out, so they're not selling like hot hot cakes they're just like maybe they're like tepid, nice cakes like, not great well, no, cakes. if you're a good cake shop you prepare enough cakes yeah. for the thing and, and we, have, we done. have done we are three quarters sold out so i would get on it if you haven't got on it already it is going to be brilliant it's i've written go off. three christmas songs already i'm gonna write more there are about 20 in the library so it's gonna be an amazing night uh, it'll be the 16th of december so get your tickets now till then see you goodbye bye <laughs> 